You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. All right, I want to introduce to you Andre Bronkhurst. God bless you. Amen. Are you ready this morning? Come on, just tell your neighbor that you're at the right place at the right time. (laughs) This morning is not a coincidence, it's not an accident. God had an appointment with you, and that's why we're in this building. That's why we got together. Amen? Amen. It's such a blessing for me to be here. I am greatly honored. It's a greater blessing for me to be here than for you um, because of uh, Pastor Ann and Dr. Dr. Hollar. You know, to be in, uh, in His presence is like to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's got so much wisdom upon him, and uh, I've lived all his sermons and his son Eric's sermons and podcasts. It's been such a blessing to me, um, especially um, the revelation that he carries on righteousness. You know, we, we, we can never run out of righteousness. You know, we need more and more of that. So it's been such a blessing for me um, just to have them here and to be connected to them and to their family. It's really a tremendous honor for me to be here. So my name is Andre Bronkhorst and I'm from South Africa. I've been in ministry for 15 years and in the last four years um, on the road consistently. I've been uh, to 30 different nations. We're involved in 30 nations. Um, I've been just to seven nations this year. So we've been traveling, traveling extensively. My family travels with me. I've got a wife married for nine years and uh, she's a doctor. She's given that up for a while to travel with me and to be part of the ministry and, and on the road. And then we have our two children, a four-year-old and then a six-month-old baby that's traveling with us. Um, they have been to you know, more places in the world uh, you know, uh, before the age of four than I've been. I've only started traveling when I was 21 years old, so it's been a blessing to have them close by. Um, they're in Florida at the moment. We are here for a couple of months in America just to help with the traveling. So uh, we have a base in Florida and they with uh, with me here. And I fly in and out of Florida every weekend to minister. So I'll be back with them on Monday morning and spend time with my family. God has called me in the last four years um, to the prophetic and to restore the prophetic. So um, I didn't have a clear understanding on what that even meant when the Lord called me for that. But I'm specifically called for the church. And uh, today there's many prophets that God has called. There's different ways they function. But God has called me to call back the prophets to the local church. God wants to build His church, not a ministry. So we have uh, so many in the fivefold. We have prophets and evangelists and that's all over the world. But in this time that we're living in right now, God is calling them back to the local church to strengthen the body for this season and this time. Um, as I travel the world, I pick up many things in Europe right now. Um, if the fivefold does not come back to the local church, the church will become extinct. And uh, we need the entire fivefold back in the local church. We don't need prophetic ministries or evangelistical ministries. We need the church. So therefore, my understanding is that we need the firefold within the church, the prophets, the evangelists, under the governing authority of the apostle or the pastor. 
So I have a local church that I attend to when I'm back home and I'm submitted to my local pastor. When I'm at church, I'm not a prophet. I'm just a, uh, just a member of the church. I'm a son in the house. So we have to learn to connect with what God is doing and his kingdom. The Lord has touched my mind when it comes to his kingdom. Right now, at this moment, we are not gathered here, uh, two, three hundred people. We are gathered here right now, millions all over the world. All over the world, God's church is gathered right now at this moment. So God is busy moving, and if we are sensitive in the spirit, we can pick up what God wants to do right now. So it's the same spirit that we're all carrying, the same spirit, not different spirits. The same spirit that's ministering in South Africa, the same God, same Holy Spirit is here today as well in this moment. So if we're sensitive, we can pick up from God what He wants to do right now at this moment. Amen. Amen. I want to again just honor Dr. Hollar. It's such a blessing for me just to spend a little bit of time with them you know i came here specifically to spend time with them so i can go home i had my 10 minutes with them so it's been a blessing and an honor um, just to there you know in my generation needs to learn to honor again we have to learn to honor our elders our teachers our president when we learn to honor we can receive what god has done in the previous generation Jesus speaks about, and we see that, the, that honor is connected to the supernatural. Jesus starts to perform miracles, and then they dishonor him. They say, who is this man? Where does he get this wisdom? And then they say, well, he just grew up in you know, Nazareth, just one of us. And they started to dishonor him. And because of dishonor, they closed the door to the supernatural. If we learn to honor, yes. we open up the door to the supernatural. You know, I've seen our men, in South Africa there was a man, I saw, I saw a person approach him and the person's life was completely transformed by just touching him. And then a month later, I saw the same person touch the same man and he received nothing. Something changed, not in the leader, not in the pastor, but in that person. He looked at him and didn't see what he carried any, any longer. And so in this time that we're living in right now, there's a generation that has labored. There's a generation that has worked and they've labored hard and that needs to be passed on to the next generation. Every generation does not have to start all over again. So if we can learn to serve and yes, we need spiritual fathers, but we need sons as well. Sons that are protégés that's willing to take and learn from the previous generation and move on. Um, I'm part, part of a ministry called Prophetic Life and my spiritual father has labored in the prophetic all over the world. So when Lord connected me with him, I said to him, listen, I want to learn everything from you before you die. Everything. Because there's things that you went through that I don't have to. I don't have to bleed because you've, you've got the marks, you've got the scars of everything. I don't have to go through that same pain. So I'm going to learn from you so that I can move on and build from where he has ended. So God's been a blessing. I've, I've uh, an elder or a, um, a spiritual father in my life has really been a blessing to me. Um, we have networks in Germany and Switzerland and um, I've, I'm taking some of these networks over and it's such a blessing to just continue in the work that he has um, pioneered for 30 years in the prophetic all over the world amen, amen. so let's open up the bibles and uh, let's get ready you can open up the book of acts chapter 2 verse 17 scripture that you know very well 
Um, I've written a book. It's available here today. There's only 20 copies here. I think that's the only 20 copies in America. So I want to encourage you to get one. It's called Walking with God. And it's uh, my testimony in how God has touched me and his, his voice has transformed my life completely. Here's a copy for you and uh, to bless you with that. Um, I was 16 years old when I heard God's voice for the first time. And it completely transformed my life, completely changed my life when I heard his voice. And that's the same voice that wants to speak to everyone here today. Listen, you don't have to be a prophet to hear God's voice. You just have to be a sheep. Yes. He says, my sheep, hears my voice. Amen. So we have every person that's in this room right now can hear the voice of God. Yeah. Every person. Yeah. But every person is not obedient to that voice. Amen. That's where the difference comes in. When God speaks, we have to learn to respond and be obedient to what He's saying. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 17, it says, In the last days God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. All people. All, no one is, ex is excluded from all. All people, all cultures. Not a specific culture, group, or nation. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. And then He says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams your sons and it doesn't say your sons and daughters will be prophets he says your sons and daughters will prophesy every person is called to prophesy but not everyone is called to be a prophet but everyone should prophesy everyone is called to prophesy now this is a clear biblical understanding whether you're young or old he says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. So if you see visions, you're young, according to the Bible. If you, and then he says your old men will dream dreams. So if you dream dreams, you are old. You have to accept it. You're old. If you have dreams and visions, you're in a midlife crisis. You'll, you'll get to where you need to be. So there's dreams and visions today. And God speaks to us through so many ways. But dreams and visions is one of those ways where he speaks to us. Now, when we look at God's voice, there's three, um, three groups or three areas that I want to look at this morning. The first group is the, um, the application, is uh, how God speaks to us or how do we apply what He's saying to us. So we will have firstly the operation, then secondly the interpretation, and then lastly the application. Okay? The operation is how God speaks to us. There's so many different ways how God speaks to us. He speaks to us through dreams, through visions, through people, through the word, through worship. Uh, it, you know, God can use any way to speak to us. He's not limited by anything. That's the operation. We've been so focused on the operation, the operation, how it operates, that we haven't learned to get to the interpretation, to interpret what God is saying, what He's speaking to us about. And then lastly, the most important part why God is speaking is the application. Is to apply in what, what He's saying, what He's speaking to you about. That's why I'm saying that every person in this room can hear God's voice. Every person. But every person is not obedient. And there is one thing that will accelerate God's voice in your life. It is obedience. It will accelerate. It doesn't take years. It will accelerate His voice immediately when you are obedient to what He is saying. If I talk about obedience, I'm not referring to the law. I'm refer referring obedience to what God is saying to you. Now, as a father, 
um, God is trying to train and teach his children. Today I'm a father and I have a son that's four years old. And I'm trying to teach him. And if I, as I try to teach him, I have to come down to his level. Yeah. I don't expect him to rise to my level. Yeah. As a father, I come down to his level. So we have certain things that we do. One of the things that we do is we play hide and seek. The purpose of playing hide and seek is for him to find me. That's the purpose. So I don't hide away in a place where it's impossible for him to find me. And then an hour later, come out of that place and say to him, you stupid child, why couldn't you find me? No. You know, his attention span is five minutes. If he doesn't find me within five minutes, he forgets about me. He continues with something else. So I have to place myself in a place or area where he can reach me. And that's exactly the same thing that God does. A lot of people miss God's voice today, not because God is too far, but because he's too close. Because God is so close to you that you think it's your own thoughts. You think it's your own ideas. You think, so God places himself in your reach. Because the purpose is for you to find him. The purpose is not to spend your entire lifetime to seek him and then find him one day when you're seven years old. Right. He wants you to find him. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to communicate. So because of that, he places himself, he positions himself within your reach so that you can find him every day, so that you can reach out and you can touch him. You know, I've, um, at the age of 16, when I heard God's voice, I made it my mandate to find God, to find His voice. I traveled everywhere and I, that I could, and I did so many things. I, tra I went to, to uh, places in Africa, I went to Israel, I went all over to find God. And then I realized that He's right beside me. Amen. And I've been looking for Him all over the world, but He's positioned Himself with me and within me. Amen. He's with me, He's right here. So we have to learn to point our antennas inwardly. Instead of seeking him out there, to seek him in here. Amen. And to listen to what he's saying and what he's speaking. Now, he speaks, but we have to learn to respond. We have to learn to respond to what he's saying. Now, when, I talk about, when we talk about response, let me say this to you. There's a sickness that, that it's a spiritual sickness that, that only, <laughs> that's only among Christians today. It's a spiritual sickness. It is called confirmation. Okay. A confirmation is a very good way to, to extend what God wants to do or to delay what He wants to do. So God speaks to you and then you say, no, no, I'm looking for, I need confirmation. The interesting part is that when God speaks about something that we want to do, we don't need confirmation. <laughs> but if I don't want to do it, then I want confirmation. Yeah. When I'm comfortable with it, then I'll do it. Listen, there's going to be times in your life where God's going to speak to you when it's not comfortable. Amen. When you don't want to do it. Amen. When everything inside you says, no, 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 this is, this is not God, but you have to respond in faith. And it's that response that's going to change everything in your life. Peter has to take that response, that step outside of the boat to experience the supernatural. I want to explain something to you today regarding the supernatural. There's a spiritual world around us, whether there's, <laughs> there's uh, thousands of angelic beings around us right now, whether you believe in it or not, they believe in you. Okay, yeah. they, uh, so 
when it comes to the spiritual world, when it comes to angels, angels respond to risky faith. Angels respond to risky faith. When you step outside of that boat, you have to learn to position yourself as far away from the boat as possible. But you, you can take that step of faith outside of the boat, but you can place yourself in an area where if it doesn't work, you can still get back. And we have to learn to position ourselves, to place ourselves where it is impossible to get back into the, into, into the, the situation or position where we were. I want to say to you today, don't let current comforts keep you from the next season in your life. Because God is speaking to you and calling you to something greater. But your current comfort can become a security that keeps you from where God wants to take you, from what He wants to do. So therefore, as a father, he starts with small things. You know, before God's going to use you to sow a million, he's going to use you to sow a thousand. So he trains you. He teaches you with small, simple things in your life. And as you start to respond to those small things, then he starts to give you bigger things to do, greater things. But we have to learn to respond immediately. I try to, I don't, I don't always get it right but I try to before I go to bed at night I think of everything that God asked me to do that day and I try to make sure that I've done it that day that I don't postpone it to the next day that I respond immediately and say God I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do I'm gonna do it right now a friend of mine drove from I live in uh, we live in Pretoria and uh, he was driving to Cape Town it's a 12-hour drive and one day he got, he got in the car early in the morning driving back home to Cape Town and on his way back to Cape Town 12-hour drive um, about halfway God speaks to him and God says I want you to pull off the road and he continues to drive and God speaks a second time says you need to pull off just pull off he continues to drive and then a third time he thinks maybe God is trying to warn him that something's wrong with the vehicle so a third time God says pull off he pulls off the road gets out out of the car walks around the car and right there at that place a man comes out of the field or out of the bush and approaches him with a firearm in his hand and the man walks straight to him and says to him do you know Christ and he thought, you know, firstly, <laughs> we have a lot of crime in South Africa. So our first response is, is it's a hijacking or it's a, it's. So um, he says, yes, I know him. And then the man says to him, will you lead me to Christ? And right there next to the road, in the middle of nowhere, he leads this man to Christ. And this man uh, is a businessman from Cape Town who's lost everything. And he drove from Cape Town and he wanted to end his life. He lost his vehicle. And then got out of the vehicle and walked, walked for miles. And then exactly at the right place, God connected them and this man got saved. The amazing thing is I, I always um, joke with this friend of mine because I say to him, you know, when God speaks to you, he has to start 15 miles ahead. <laughs> because it takes, you, it takes you time to respond. By God's grace, he still gets him to stop exactly at the right place God knows our weaknesses and he's not he's he's not intimidated by that or limited to our weaknesses he still gets done what he wants to do but we have to learn to respond immediately 
I don't want God to come into my town or city and say, well, if I want to use Andre today, I had to start two weeks ago to prepare him to get him ready. When God comes into my city, I want God to know that he can come and knock on my door because I will respond. I will do it immediately. You know, he speaks about David. And when I look at the the life of David, you know, David broke 12 of the Ten Commandments. You know, he, he really... He really messed up. And I looked at his life and, uh, and things that he's done. And, and then God speaks to him and, and, or about him. And God says that he's a man after his own heart. And I couldn't, I couldn't understand that. Because, you know, David, if David would walk into many churches today, pastors will not allow David to preach out of the same psalm that he has written. <laughs> they will not allow it because of his lifestyle. They will not allow it. But then God speaks about him and he says, it's a man after my own heart. And then later in the book of Acts, he says, he explains this. He says, after removing Saul, he says, David is a man after my own heart because he will do everything that I ask him to do. Everything. He will respond. He will respond. We need people today to respond to be obedient to what God is speaking to them about. Now, you're sitting here today and you're saying, I'm I'm here to get a prophetic word. I'm here, I've got a desire, Lord, speak to me. God has been speaking to you for years. Another prophetic word is not going to change your life. You know, when we read Acts, he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. You know that a dream without a response remains a dream. A vision without a response remains a vision. A prophecy without a response remains a prophecy. So God is waiting for us. He's speaking to us. And we're saying, God, speak, Lord, speak. I remember one morning I prayed, and uh, as I prayed for a situation, I said, God, only you can help me in this situation, no one else. And I prayed, and I said, God, it was really a major thing in my life, and said, Lord, please, I lay this down at your feet. I trust you alone. All my trust is in you alone. You are my helper. You're the only, you are the only one that can help me. And then after praying, my phone um, uh, ring and, and I spoke to a friend of mine who, who worked in a department where I needed help in and he said to me I told him about the situation he said to me Andre just give me 10 minutes I'll give you a, a call back now let me see what I can do as I put the phone down the Lord spoke to me he said to me Andre you don't trust me I said I do I just laid it down at your feet he said that's what you said but 10 minutes later you told someone else about it I said, God, this, this guy's got contacts. He, you know, he works in, in a department where, where I need help, that help. And then I realized that there's certain things that we have to give to God. The greatest miracles that I've received today in my life is the things that only God knew about. It's those things, those times where God provided or where he worked a miracle and only he knew about what, I, what my need was. No one else. That is the greatest testimonies that I carry today. We have to learn to make God first again. Amen. We have to learn to prioritize Him as, 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 as first in our lives. I went to Nigeria a couple of years ago and went to a man of God there. And, and uh, um, I stood and um, while I was standing next to him, he raised a dead person back to life. 
And I saw it, and, and I remember I got on a plane and flew back to South Africa, and I said, God, you know, we see miracles in South Africa, but we don't see it on this scale. And I said, God, what do, what do we need to do? Why, do? why don't we see these miracles in our nation, in our ministries? And God spoke to me and said, Andre, because in South Africa, you have too many alternatives. Then I realized, you know, when we get sick, you can go to a doctor. If a doctor doesn't help, can't help, you go to a specialist. You know, and you go on and on. Eventually, when, when the, the medical field says they can do nothing for you, then you call on God. When you're in financial trouble, you, learn, you, you borrow from a friend. If they don't help you, you go to a bank. Banks will always give you money. When they get to a place where they say, we not, we, there's nothing we can do, then we call on God. If we want to see God's power again, we have to prioritize Him as first in our lives. Now, we have many alternatives in South Africa. But let me tell you, since I've been in America, I have to tell you, you have many alternatives. (laughs) You have a lot more options. And because of that, we thank God for that. We thank Him for innovation. We thank Him for doctors. We thank Him. But those things was not created to replace him he has to be first he has to be our first option again we had a discussion yesterday uh, when we had dinner and you know we have to learn i i often say to people that when we go through a difficult time it is easy to get up and four in the morning to pray it's easy it's easy to go through uh, you know all night prayer when you're in a tough difficult time but when you're blessed can you still get up at four to pray can you still see God? Can you still move those things aside and say, God, you are still number one in my life. You are still everything that I need. I want you to read with me in the book of John chapter 4, verse 6 to 19. I'm ending with this. It says, it's a part where, where we see the way that Jesus ministers. Now I want to make a statement this morning and I want to say to you that God is relational then directional. God is primarily relational then directional god is in this for the relationship personal Personal relationship that's why he's in this so when we read john chapter 4 verse 6 he says jacob's well was there and jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon when a samaritan woman came to draw water jesus said to her will you give me a drink his disciples had gone into town to buy food you know the story I want to show you the method that Jesus ministers. He is firstly relational, then directional. He walks into the life of this woman, not as a prophet, not as a pastor, not as a man of God. He walks into her life and his focus is relationship. It doesn't say to her that I'm a prophet and and I'm going to prophesy to you now. No, he walks into her life and he says to her, can I have a drink? He builds relationship with her. And then after that, he starts to minister into her life. That's his way. He's firstly relational, then directional. We are not relational first. We are directional first, then relational. Let me try to explain. If there's a person here, I like BMW cars. I like German cars. If there's a person here that, that uh, sells BMWs or has a BMW, they can be my neighbor and I will never take the time to visit them or even to stop and greet them. But one day I hear that my neighbor, this specific person, is the president or a dealer principal of BMW. 
then I'm going to visit him. <laughs> then I'll reach out to him. Because he has something that I want. We are directional. He's got something that can advance me. You know, we marry someone because they've got something that we want. That's what, We don't think, now who can I be a blessing to? And then we pick someone. No. We look at a person, and I honestly, when I look at my wife, I thought, well, I need to have her. She's got, she's got something that I need, and that's why I married her. She, you know, she's, she, I thought, and I knew that she's going to add value to my life. That, that's, what, that's why I married her. That's why I pursued that relationship. That's why I bought flowers. That's why I put so much time in, you know, in that relationship, because it's directional. There's something that she has that, 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 can, that can help me to go further in life. God is relational first. He seeks us to spend time with us. And you need to understand today that the greatest thing that the enemy can do against God is to take you away from Him. Amen. Because God has created you for fellowship. He has created you for communication. He has created you to communicate, to fellowship, to walk with you. I want to make a statement this morning and I want to say to you that sin will never influence God's relationship with you. Amen. Never. Sin influences our relationship with Him. In the Garden of Eden, they sinned, but God still came to visit them. They didn't influence Him. They were the ones that hide away. So sin influences our relationship with Him. It takes away our boldness. And we have to learn that when we sin, when we make a mistake, to run towards Him. Not away from Him, but to run towards Him, because He is the only one that can help us. Listen, if you cannot be good enough to be saved, then you cannot be bad enough to be lost. He has mercies for us that is everlasting, it's unending. That's His mercy for us. So He is relational. You know, I often, uh, in my prayer time, in my walk with God, I've realized that God desires to spend time with us. He wants to be with us. But we approach God when we need direction, not just because we want to spend time with Him. I remember one day I prayed, I had a meeting and I walked out of the meeting and I just started to fellowship with God. And I had nothing to pray for, I had nothing to ask for. And I remember I said, Lord, I just want to say to you that I love you. Thank you for who you are to me. Thank you for what you've done in my life. And God spoke to me, He said, Andre, not many people thank me just for who I am. Most people seek me when they have a need, and as soon as I fulfill the need, I don't see them again. And I realized that, well, I, I did the same thing many times in my life. You know, when we need Him, then we, then we seek Him. When we need direction, then we seek Him. But He is in it for relationship. Last year, there was a storm or flood in Houston. And uh, I had meetings scheduled for a month in Houston and in that area, and uh, just before the flooding happened. And I um, had to get on a plane in South Africa to leave for, um, for Houston, and um, they closed the airport in Houston. Uh, there was a 24-hour period that they closed the airport in Houston. But the, the airline said that we can still get on the plane because it's only closed for 24 hours, and uh, it'll be, I'll be there only in 48 hours, so it'll be open before we land. But I had a risk of being in the air and then they closing the airport and we couldn't, we couldn't land. So I got on a plane, I flew from South Africa to Dubai, 
And in Dubai, I had, I had a three-hour layover, and I had to get onto the next plane to Houston. Three hours. So I'm, I arrive in Dubai, and I'm in the airport lounge, and uh, I have to make a decision. Do I get on the plane to Houston, or do I redirect my plane to, do I change the flight and, and fly to Dallas or fly somewhere else in the US? What happens if the airport's not open? But, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there, three hour layover, and I start to pray. I say, Lord, I need direction. God, you need to speak to me right now. Just tell me what to do. Do I get on the plane to Houston or do I change? Do, do I change? What do I do? Just speak to me. And while I'm sitting there, and waiting for direction, God speaks to me and He says, Andre, I want you to know that I love you unconditionally. I said, God, I know that, but I don't have time for that right now. I need to get on, I need to know right now, Houston or, do, or, or Dallas. Just, just give me direction. Just tell me, if we are going to miss out on the relationship, we're going to miss out on the direction. And right there I realized that <laughs> I'm not going to get answers out of God now. <laughs> you know, to, to me it's the end of the world. You know, my entire life is coming to a standstill. Sometimes God will let your world come to a standstill to fellowship with you. Amen. And I'm sitting on an airport and I realize, well, I have to... This is not, I have to spend time. So I walked into a corner in, in the lounge and I sat there. I said, Lord, okay, it's fine. I don't care. If I miss the plane, I'm just going to sit here and fellowship with you. And I just sat there and suddenly started to experience the presence of God. And he speaks to me. He says, Andre, I want you to know I love you unconditionally. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. I want you to know that I'm with you. And I'm sitting there and I have to go and, and build relationship with him. And as I'm building relationship with him, he speaks to me. He says, change the flight. Get on the Dallas flight. Change the flight. Amen. Walked over, changed the ticket to Dallas, and then got on the plane. As I got on the plane, two hours in the, in the air, they announced Houston Airport closed another, another two days. Amen. Direction Amen. comes after relationship. After relationship. So many of you this here this morning, you're saying, if I can just get a word. God, if you can just speak to me, just give me direction. What do I need to do? What is the next step? Do I go left? Do I go right? What is your plan? And God is saying, my plan is to get to know you. My plan is to build relationship with you. My plan is to fellowship with you. We are in this not for what we can get. We're in this for him. For the price that he has paid. Listen, he has... Don't sit here today and say, well, Lord, if you really love me, then you'll prophesy over me. God has paid a price for you. Amen. The biggest price that he can by giving his son. I don't have to, a prophecy doesn't prove his love. The cross has proved his love. And that's enough for you to know that he loves you unconditionally. I want to end with this today and I want you to know, if you're going to miss relationship, you're going to miss direction. We need direction, and God wants to give us direction. But His focus is relationship first. Jesus walks into the life of this lady, and He doesn't give her direction immediately. He doesn't walk in and say, you've had five husbands, and the one that you're with now is... No. He walks into his, to her life, and He builds relationship. He, he, says to, he starts a conversation with her. He starts you know, to communicate with her. He reaches out to her. 
you know, he reaches out to her, not she to him. He sits there, he reaches out to her, and then he starts to build with her, build a relationship. God is busy reaching out to you. He's reaching out to you. And he's waiting for a response from you to reach back out to him, to touch him, to communicate with him, to acknowledge him in your life, to acknowledge his voice. You know, I have to acknowledge to say that, Lord, this is you speaking. This is not, this is not my thoughts. This is not my ways. This is you. This is your voice. I acknowledge your voice, that, that I, I can hear your voice and I, can, I know you. I want you to start to acknowledge the voice that is speaking to you. To acknowledge that God is busy speaking to you at this moment. It's very easy. The enemy came to steal, kill and destroy. He came to bring life and life in abundance. That's how we, that's how we discern his voice. If the voice that is speaking to you builds, comforts, encourages, brings life, it's him. Do it. Just do it. If it steals, kills, or destroys, it's not from God. Amen. So learn to discern. That's the operation. That's the discernment. But then learn to apply it, to respond, to respond. If I can tell you what obedience does, you know, obedience sets things into motion. It, um, it's a... It's a chain of events that will start to take place when you're obedient to what he's saying to you. When you respond to what he is saying, suddenly it activates things. You have an opportunity this morning to respond to what he's saying to you, to what he's speaking to you about. What is he saying? He's saying, phone that person. Reach out to this person. Um, bless this one. Uh, it's simple things that you can respond to that will change your life forever. But don't hesitate, don't delay, don't wait anymore. Respond to what he's telling you to do. Don't ask questions, don't, don't ask for explanation, you know. We make it so complicated, so complicated. Just respond, just do, just have childlike faith. You know, when God speaks to a child and he says to them, jump in a pool, they jump in the pool and then they think, oh, we should have taken our clothes off. They just respond. And we have to learn to respond like a child. Yeah. Say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. Not sit and think and work it out because you can reason yourself out of it. You can reason yourself out of it. You can convince yourself. You know, <laughs> God calls you, but you can convince yourself that God has called you to call someone else. <laughs> we have to learn to respond and say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. I want you to close your eyes. Father, thank you for every person that's here this morning. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Father, I pray right now that you would turn up your voice in people's lives, that they would hear you clearly. They would know your voice. They would know your voice. And they would learn to respond. I pray for boldness on every person that's here right now. Boldness to respond to what you are saying. Boldness to respond in your words. Father, I pray for testimonies that will come back of what you've done in their lives after they've responded to what you've told them to do. I pray that you give them the faith, Lord, that they need right now to respond, to respond. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm going to minister to a couple of you. Um, if you don't want me to minister to you, just say skip, and I'll go to the next person. 
Um, it is, uh, it's God's plan to build you, to comfort you, and to encourage you. It's not God's plan to reveal your sin, your weaknesses. It's not His heart. The main purpose of a New Testament prophet is to build people's relationship with God. To strengthen people's relationship with God. That's the main purpose. You know, New Testament prophets are not there to, <laughs> to direct people. and to, They are there to build God's kingdom, to strengthen people in their walk with God. That's it. And the Lord has called me to do exactly that, to be a blessing. You know, um, God has paid a very expensive price for you. And He's not going to allow some idiot prophet to come and mess that up. He's <laughs> paid an expensive price. It's not our, our job to, to prophesy doom and all these things that, that people are saying. It's, not our, it's our responsibility to look deeper and look beyond the circumstance and bring hope to people. Give them a breakthrough. That's what we need. Anyone can prophesy devastation. Anyone can prophesy that. But few people can look beyond that. And can find hope within that situation. To see, to see beyond, beyond the natural circumstance of what we're seeing. Look beyond and look deeper than that. He says um, in his word, he says, He wakens me morning by morning like one being instructed. He gives me the words that sustains the weary. It gives me the words that will sustain the weary. Not the words that will rebuke them, the words that will break them. No, that will sustain them. That's the words that He gives me. So that's our purpose and our function, is to look beyond the natural circumstance that we see. Amen. Are you with me? <laughs> I speak uh, three languages, um, tongues firstly, and then um, Afrikaans, my, my home language. And then English. So English is my third language. We don't speak of uh, English back home. We speak Afrikaans in South Africa. My, my own parents don't speak English. We speak Afrikaans in our home. And in our, in, with my wife and children, we speak Afrikaans. There's no one to speak English to in South Africa. So I had to learn English very quickly. I learned to speak English the last four years. I had to pick it up very quickly and learn it. Just by listening to all of you and how you're saying things. Um, we have different pronunciations. We say... We say pastor, you say pastor. It's, um, <clears throat> it's strange. So when I'm back home and I say pastor, they laugh at me. When I'm here and I say pastor, then you laugh at me. So <laughs> trying to figure out how everything works. Amen. It's been a blessing to be with you. I'm excited. I will be back. Whether they invite me or not, I will be back to come and visit in, in the future. Um, it's been a blessing to be with you and to fellowship and to get to know you. Remember, you know, we have different mothers, but we have the same father. Yeah. So we are connected, whether you like it or not. We are family. Um, we, are, we are brothers and sisters in God's kingdom. So it's been such an honor and blessing for me to be with you. Thank you so much. God bless you.